The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Last week, we began a brand new series, and that series is titled Understanding the Ministry Gifts, okay? So we're going to be continuing in that series today. But first, um, as just a bit of a recap, right? So last week, Pastor Tafara set the scene, and the foundational scripture that he shared with us was 2 Corinthians 6 verse 10, which says, we then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. And so what we learned last week is we learned that we are co-laborers. We are co-workers with God in the work of reconciliation and restoration. You know, we learned last week that God, through His grace, has equipped us with ministry gifts so that we could be effective in this work. And so last week we learned about the seven grace or personality type gifts. And this week we're going to be learning about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, okay? And, and, and really, you know, we, we typically call them the nine gifts, but what we're going to learn in, in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 is that really what they are is they're really manifestations of the one gift, and that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're going to learn that the Holy Spirit manifests Himself in nine different ways. Why is that? So again, we can be effective in this ministry of reconciliation and restoration. Amen. So today we're going to be learning what these gifts are, okay? We're going to be looking at definitions. Really, what are these gifts? We're also going to be looking in the Bible to see how these gifts operated in the Bible. But most importantly, I'm going to be sharing with you this morning some personal testimonies of how we can operate in these gifts even today. Amen. And so I'm really going to ask you to, to just open up your hearts, open up your minds, you know, to, to, to really listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say. You know, some of you may have experienced some misuses, some, uh, some abuses when it comes to these gifts. But this week, really, as I was just praying for the service and as I just continue to pray into the service, my prayer really is that you will let the Holy Spirit minister the truth about these gifts. Amen? And as you do, uh, church, my prayer is that you'll begin to position yourself to be channels so that through you and through the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, that people will come to God. And people will come to know God's love, God's goodness, but most importantly, God's power. Amen? So are you ready? I know I am, amen? So let's go quickly to 1 Corinthians um, chapter 12. Okay, we're going to be doing a little bit of a Bible study. I actually like teaching that way. We're going to teach line upon line, precinct upon precinct, okay? And if you're watching online, I want to encourage you to just get, get your Bibles, okay? We're doing a Bible study this morning. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to read from verse 1. And this is a Paul speak, Apostle Paul speaking to the, to the church of Corinth, right? And he says to them, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren... I would not have you ignorant. Man, that's so fascinating. And it really was fascinating to me when I read it. Because really, if there is ever a subject where the ignorance is so profound, man, it's this subject right here. The subject of spiritual gifts. And yet, God speaking through apostles, Paul says he doesn't want us ignorant. And ignorance simply is lack of knowledge. And here's what I've learned about ignorance. When people are ignorant, ignorance breeds fear. When people lack knowledge about the, the, the spiritual gifts, man, they're afraid of them. They don't want to go anywhere near them. Ignorance also breeds confusion. When people are ignorant, there's confusion about how to properly operate in these spiritual gifts. And then also ignorance breeds unbelief, okay? And so God wants us to know what these gifts are. God wants us to know how to properly operate in these gifts. So how do we overcome ignorance? Well, we overcome ignorance by pursuing knowledge, by pursuing knowledge of these gifts, by getting educated about these gifts and how these gifts properly function, okay? And so let's learn together, okay? We're all learning together. Disclaimer, I don't know everything that there is to these spiritual gifts. I'm also on the journey of learning. So let's learn together this morning, okay? 
And so I'm, you know, there's so much to cover, and I don't have much time, so I'm going to skip to verse 4. Verse 4 says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are diversities of administrations, but the same Lord. That word administrations is actually um, the Greek word diakonia. And, and really, it's speaking of a waiter bringing food to the table. And so what we begin to learn here is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they bring something different to the table, okay? And then verse 6, it says, there are diversities of operation, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Again, that word operation just means results, outcomes, or effects, okay? These gifts have different results, outcomes, or effects, but one thing we need to know that it is the same God who's working all in all. Then verse 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Come on, someone say, every man. Okay, ladies, this includes women too. So someone say, every man and woman. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. I want us to focus on that word, every man. Because really in context here, it's speaking about spirit-filled Christians, okay? We're talking about spiritual gifts. We're talking about things of the spirit. So in context, when the Bible is saying every man here, it's talking about spirit-filled Christians, okay? So every spirit-filled Christian has been given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit is available to every single Christian, every single spirit-filled believer, okay? That word every is a very interesting word. Because that word every is an all-inclusive term that includes every single person with absolutely no one excluded, okay? And so again, how we can rephrase this, 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 this verse is to say the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is available to every single spirit-filled believer with absolutely no spirit-filled believer excluded, Amen. And so why, 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 why has God given and made available the, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Well, the scripture answers it. It says to profit with all. That word profit, profit simply describes something that is of benefit. Okay? So the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, again, is available to spirit-filled believers. I'm sorry, I'm going to drum this point home because it's very important. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit is available to all of us. Okay? And it's given to us so that we can benefit others or so that others can find some benefit uh, from these manifestations so that really we, we can be a blessing to others. Amen. I also like to say, you know, these gifts have been given to help us leave people better off than when we found them. Okay? Amen. And so now what we, we're getting ready to read is we're getting ready to read the, the nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So let's, let's rush through them quickly, and we're going we're gonna to look at each one in turn. So verse 8 says, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse types of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these work at that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to each man severally as he wills. And so what we learn in that verse is that ultimately it's the Holy Spirit who decides which gifts manifest in our lives. And what we're going to see much later, really at the end of the chapter, is we're going to see that through a relationship with the Holy Spirit, as we're pursuing a relationship, as we're seeking what the Scripture calls the best gifts, this could have some bearing on the Holy Spirit's decision. Okay, so let us look at these gifts. Again, I said there are nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and really the easiest way I, I, I believe I can, I can teach them to you this morning is really how I learned them, okay? Um, these nine gifts can be categorized really into, into three groups. Again, guys, disclaimer, I don't know everything. There are other, there are other authors, other ministers there that group them differently. I know Bob Yandian says 252. Today I'm going to do 333, okay? So there are three gifts that see something, okay? And these are called the revelation gifts. Then there are three gifts that do something. These gifts are called the power gifts. And then there are three gifts that say something. And these gifts, well, people typically call them the vocal gifts. So let us look at the revelation gifts. 
Again, we said the revelation gifts. These are gifts that see something, right? I actually like to call them, and this is how God taught me, I like to call them God's eyes, okay? Because through these gifts, we're seeing through God's eyes, okay? So let's look at God's eyes. The first one is what they call the word of wisdom. Now, you know, let's be clear here, okay? It's not wisdom, okay? This specific gift is a word. It's a fragment of wisdom. Again, it's not a paragraph, church. It's a piece of information. So what is a word of wisdom? Well, a word of wisdom is described as a specific piece of information supernaturally revealed about something that is going to take place in the future, okay, or how to resolve a difficult problem, to answer a particular challenge, or to meet a need. And so many times, really, what people think or believe is a prophetic word is actually a word of wisdom. Now, we see a word of wisdom in operation in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 27, verses 22 to 25. We're not going to go there. I've got nine gifts to cover this morning, okay? So I'm going to summarize. What was happening here is Paul was on his way to Rome in a ship. And on his way, they, they encountered a really terrible storm. It was horrific, right? And Paul somehow manages to sleep. But in his sleep, he receives a word of wisdom. And that word tells him that the ship is going to crash, right? So the ship is just not going to make it. But every single person on board would make it to Rome. And I think Paul would make it to Rome uh, to, 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 to see Caesar, okay? So this was a fragment of, of, of information, a fragment of wisdom. Man, this word didn't say how they would be saved. The word didn't also say anything else about anything else that would happen. It was just a fragment that gave insights for that specific moment and for that specific situation. Okay. Um, what I love so much about the word of wisdom is, you know, and I, I think it's such a powerful gift because really what a word of wisdom does, it helps establish people in their hope and really in their trust of God. And it helps to create a sense of, um, what's the word? Expectancy, a, a sense of expectation and really a, a, a realization that, man, God is with us. Now, I remember a few years ago, we had Pastor Sean Basson uh, visiting from Kingdom Light um, Church um, in Cape Town. Pastor Sean is Pastor Davis on son, for those that don't know. And he gave a word of wisdom to us. Um, and this specific word of wisdom, and he said to us, you know, God is raising or is going to raise the platform on your lives. And God is going to make you a voice into this continent of Africa. Man, when, when, when uh, Pastor Sean gave that word, I, I, mean, I was like, we, we want even a voice even in the community, okay? So, you know, for us, it, 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 you know, it, was, it, was, it was quite profound, okay? But really, as I thought and, I, and, and as really as I listened to that word afterwards, what it did is it created really a deep sense of expectancy in me. And, and, and church, I want to tell you that it wasn't long that God supernaturally opened up a door of opportunity for faithful church to be on TBN in Africa, man, being a voice on the continent of Africa to 10 million households on this continent. Man, that was a word, a word of wisdom, okay? Man, God, you know, if there's one thing you need to know, God wants to be conspicuous in our lives. Okay? God wants to be conspicuous in our lives wherever He has called us. So these gifts are not limited to just the four walls of the church. Man, these, church, these gifts can flow and function wherever He's called you, even in the marketplace. You know, um, Pastor Tafar was sharing with me as I was preparing for the sermon just a story about um, how he went um, for lunch with one of his friends. And this friend's a businessman. And while he's having lunch, guys, he's, having, he's not even having lunch in church. Okay, he's having lunch in some restaurant out there. And while they're having lunch, while they're eating their nice lunch without me, <laughs> um, you know, Pastor Tafara sensed this, <laughs> that the Holy Spirit was giving, uh, was, was about to release a word of wisdom to this, to this businessman. And so Pastor Tafara simply said to this guy, hey, man, friend, you know, I, I, I feel the Lord is saying that your business is going to leave a legacy for generations to come. Man, that friend of his said, your, that one word changed, fundamentally changed my life. And it fundamentally changed how I viewed my business. Because at that, mo- at that moment in time, before you spoke that word, my business was really almost a one-man shop. And if I was not going to be around, 
then you know, the business would kind of collapse, right? And so he says through that word, he began to take steps to restructure his business. You know, to restructure his business, you know, so that ultimately, you know, there could be a legacy that would be left out of his business. And thank God for that word, because the pandemic hit, okay? And during the pandemic, this guy got sick. But because he had received a word of wisdom, because he started restructuring his business, his business was able to run without him. His business was able to function even effectively without him. Man, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the gifts of Holy Spirit Church, they should be our everyday reality, okay, wherever we are, amen. Word of knowledge is the second revelation gift. Now again, it's a word of knowledge. It's not knowledge in its entirety. And the word of knowledge is a piece of information. Again, it's not a whole book, church, okay? If, if God gives you a word of knowledge, he, he, you're not, you don't become a mind reader, Okay? You don't get the whole roadmap of people's lives. All he's giving you is a fragment, a piece of information, okay? Now, what is the word of knowledge? The word of knowledge um, can be defined as a piece of information that is supernaturally revealed to the heart by the Holy Spirit relating to past or present that we can never naturally discern, okay? And this is what you're gonna find out about a lot of, all of these, these gifts of the Spirit. You can't naturally discern these things, okay? It's a supernatural um, impartation of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, you know, words of knowledge are really powerful because when words of knowledge are given, what they do is they, almost, they often, you know, really illuminate the listeners to God's personal involvement in facts and details about their lives. And so we see uh, an example of the manifestation of the word of knowledge in in, in John 4. And this is quite a a famous story. It's a story about when Jesus went to the well, and the story says that a woman also met him in a well. And I want to read that verse, and that's John 4, 16 to 18 in the New Living Translation. And so Jesus, when he met this woman at the well that he'd never met, never, never knew before, never met before, He says to her, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. And then in verse 17, I'm reading in the NLT, it says, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband. Verse 18, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the one you're living with now. You've certainly spoken the truth. And so here what we see, it's so powerful is we see actually Jesus gave two specific words of, of words of knowledge to this woman. You know, the first word of knowledge that he gave was about her past. He says, you've had five husbands. The second word of knowledge he gave was about her present condition. He said, even right now, you know, the, the man that you're living with, he's, he, you, know, you know, he's not your husband. How did Jesus know this about the woman? It was a word of knowledge. He met her by the well. He could never have known like this, this, this granular, this intimate details of her life outside of it being revealed supernaturally to him, really by the Holy Spirit. And so if we read later on, and we're not going to have time to read that, this is a Bible study um, church, and I encourage you to go and search these scriptures out for yourselves. But when you read later on in John 4, you read that this fundamentally affected her life. This changed her life so much that she went into town and man, she was telling everyone she knew that she had met the Messiah, that she had met a prophet because she knew that she knew that she knew that this man was, this was a man who the gifts of the Holy Spirit were operating in. Amen. I want you to notice something here. Jesus didn't know everything about her. Okay. And this is where, what we really need to understand. You know, these gifts don't make us mind readers. They don't give us a full roadmap of people's lives. We don't have to be scared of these gifts, okay? So he didn't know everything about this woman's life, but he knew enough that when he spoke, man, this woman knew that this, this is God speaking to me. Amen. And so that's what the words of knowledge do. The words of knowledge make people aware that God, God himself, he is intimately aware about facts and about details of their lives. And this does something to people, man. This opens up people's hearts to effectively uh, be ministered to. 
And I remember uh, uh, a few, uh, some time back, you know, a woman came up to me for, for, for prayer for healing. And while we were praying, I sensed in my heart the Holy Spirit um, give a, a, a word of knowledge and, and a release of the word of knowledge. And so again, you know, guys, the supernatural, we need to make it natural, okay? There's no need to be spooky. There's no need to be scary. You know, just deliver a message in your normal person, your personality, like who you are. And so I said to her, listen, um, you know, I, I believe um, that the Holy Spirit wants me to encourage you today. And I believe what he's saying is he's, he's saying that you're not a mistake. You know, he's saying that um, your parents, you know, it may not, it didn't work out with your parents, right? Um, but he wants you to know that you're absolutely not a mistake and that today God sees you. Man, he's seen you even before you were even born. He knows you and he loves you. Man, that woman, man, I, I, I will never forget that. She burst into tears. I mean, tears started streaming down and, 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 and through her sobs, she started to tell me that, man, her parents, you know, it just didn't work out with them. And for many years, in fact, her mom had passed away and her father, she didn't even talk to her father, right? So many years, she actually thought she was a mistake. And, 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 and through that word of wisdom, she realized, man, God knows me. God is concerned about me. And that just did something to open up her heart. And she was that able to right there and then like, truly and genuinely receive her healing. Amen. And so that's really the, the power of the word of knowledge. And often what happens, church, is often the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge actually work together, right? In fact, what you're going to see is a lot of the times these gifts actually work together. So while we're actually defining them as nine separate gifts or nine separate manifestations, they just work together, man. That's the goodness of God. That's the awesomeness of God. That's the love of God in trying to help people. You know, that's the love of God in trying to bring people back back to the kingdom. Amen. And so the a gift of uh, the, the word of knowledge typically works with the word of wisdom. And what typically happens is, you know, you'll give, um, you'll give some revelation about someone's, either someone's present condition or past condition. And then the word of knowledge then just gives you the answer, right? How to move forward. You know, what's, it encourages people even in how, what's going to happen in the future. Okay. And so the third gift, the third revelation gift, man, this is really cool is the discerning of spirits, okay? This is not the gift of discernment. You won't, you won't find such a gift in Scripture, okay? It's also not the gift of suspicion. It's not the gift of fault-finding. It's not the gift of discerning people. Uh-uh. This is the gift of the discerning of spirits. And so what does that mean? Well, it, well, the discerning of spirits is a supernatural ability to see in the spiritual realm and recognize what spirit is operating and exercising influence in people's lives that cannot be naturally discerned. Okay? This, this, this gift of discerning of spirits is also the ability to perceive the true nature of a situation. Okay? It's, it's, and it happens in an instant. And, and the... The best way I can describe it, so forgive me, it's like a, a curtain just opens up and, 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 you, and you just begin to see what's really happening behind the scenes, okay? And so the, the discerning of spirits, you know, where many people get it wrong, it's, it's not just about dis discerning of evil spirits, okay? The discerning of spirits also helps you to discern good spirits, it helps you to see the angels that are, it helps you to see the angels that are surrounding us right now. Helps you to see the angels that are at work, you know, working on your solution, working on the problem, moving in the hearts of the decision makers that need to move on your behalf. Amen. There's an amazing, amazing example about the working of the discerning of spirits. And it's found in, in 2 Kings 6. And I'm just trying to think, should I read it to you or should I not? Let, let me just paraphrase it, okay? You can go and read it yourselves. It's 2 Kings 6, verses 15 to 7 in the message translation. I like, like how it's portrayed there. But really what was happening here is Aram was at war with, and I think Aram was Syria nowadays. But anyway, Aram was at war with, with Israel. And what was happening is Israel had a, had a supernatural advantage because they had a prophet called Elisha. 
And this prophet was giving away the secrets of where the enemy would be attacking. And so this was infuriating King Aram, the king of Aram. And so he has a brilliant idea. And his brilliant idea, he says, you know, let me go, let me go and capture prophet Elijah so that he can't, well, he, can, he can't, he can't um, help Israel win anymore, okay? And so he, he sends out his armies, man. He sends out m- loads and loads of horses and chariots. He sends them all out to get this one dude, right? <laughs> and so, you know, in, in this specific um, uh, chapter, where, where the verses that I've, I've, I've told you to go and, and search out yourselves, what happens is Elisha's servant runs out and he sees all of these armies, you know, surrounding them. And then he runs back to um, Prophet Elijah and says, man, we're, we're in trouble here, right? And so the prophet says, no, 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 no. Don't worry. Don't worry. The ones that are with us are greater than the ones that are with them. And his servant's looking, thinking, what on earth is this man smoking? There are so many out there. And the prophet Elijah says, you know what? Lord, I pray that you will open up his eyes and help him to see. Right? So prophet Elijah says, open up the curtain of the eyes of his heart so he can see. And the scripture says he saw. And what did he see? He saw angels, legions and multitudes of angels surrounding Elisha. Man, he saw victory. He saw that greater are they that are with us than they that are with them. Amen. And this was, this was the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits is actually a really powerful and, and, and really an equipping gift that, that I believe um, pastors and really spiritual leaders really, really need to be operating in, right? Because you're dealing with people, okay? And, and, and I believe this gift helps to protect us from if effectively promoting people into leadership that have the wrong motives, you know, that are full of self-ambition and self-promotion, and, and, and ultimately that, has, that, that have hidden agendas. In fact, I actually want to correct that. I believe this gift should be operating in every single leader, regardless of what sphere of influence you're in. Because if you think about it, in the marketplace, you know, if you're hiring people, you need to be able to discern the spirit that's influencing the person that you're hiring, right? Also, think about it. You know, if you're looking for business partners, guys, you know, there's so many things that we can't naturally discern. We need these gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and the discerning of spirits is a really, a really, really powerful gift that we need, especially if we're leaders. And, and most especially, I mean, this gift will, will really help you to avoid just a lot of drama in your lives, okay? Speaking about drama, and I have to share this. I wasn't going to, I'm going to have to share this, okay? When our youngest daughter was four months, and I, I, I had to go back to work, so I had, we had to hire a nanny. And so we went to an agency, a nanny agency, right? And they had this brilliant nanny that they had for us to interview. Man, this nanny was so good. Her, her CV literally made Mary Poppins look like really useless, okay? And she could cook, she could clean, she could drive. Man, there was nothing. She could even sing, okay, to the children. I was like, man, we got a winner right here, right? And so in her interview, man, her answers were spot on. But the more that I interviewed her, the more that I, I started questioning her, and I knew in my heart, man, something is not right here, okay? Something is just not right here. And, and church, I really wish I could tell you that, you know, when I felt that way, when I perceived that, I, 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 I just dropped this, right? Okay? But I missed it. I hired her. Needless to say, remember, remember. Hmm. Needless to say, it didn't take a month before the hidden agenda was revealed, okay? Didn't take a month. And it cost us a lot of drama. It cost us a lot of our peace. And it cost us a lot of money to send her packing, okay? And so needless to say, the second interview now that I decided to, because now a month later we didn't have nanny and I needed to go to work. This time, man, I prayed about it. And I said, Lord, I'm about to go to this interview. Help me to see what I need to see. Help me to hear what I need to hear. And so this nanny was a referral, okay? She, did, she, she, she didn't look pa- good on paper at all. In fact, she didn't even have the, she didn't even have the CV. She had like, absolutely no experience. She was young. She was immature. Even in the interview when I was talking to her, I was just thinking, man, can this end, you know, and, and let me move on to someone else? But the more I began to talk to the more I continued to talk to her, you know, it's like, again, a curtain opened up. And I could see, man, this is a woman of love. You know, she may not look the part. She may not look right, but her heart is right. 
And man, I hired her. And um, man, she, she, well, while she left for a season, you know, because there are things that she was trying to figure out, she's actually the nanny that we have right now. And she, and she loves her. My kids adore her. And she's just such a blessing to us and continues really to just be a blessing to us. Amen. And so through the gifts of the discerning of spirit, man, God can help you see what you need to see. God can help you hear what you need to hear. And again, these gifts are not just relegated to the four walls of the church. God wants these gifts to manifest wherever he has placed you and wherever he's called you to be. Okay. Now let's move on to the power gifts. Man, time is flying. Power gifts. These do something. Okay. These gifts demonstrate God's power to the world. And I actually like to call them God's hands. Okay? The first power gift we're going to look at is the gift. They call, they call it the gift of faith. Okay? Now, now, I want to qualify here because they're not talking about the, 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 you know, the, the measure of faith that all um, believers possess when they're born again. That measure of faith is found in Romans 12 verse 3. It's not talking, talking about the natural faith. This, the, you know, other translations say that this is, this is called a special faith. Because really what it is, is a, is a faith above a faith. And I actually like to call it faith on steroids. Because really what this gift of faith, or what this gift of special faith is, is it's a supernatural burst of faith that is released, that empowers us to just believe with absolutely no room left for any doubt whatsoever. Man, this, this gift of special faith, it, you know, you just believe. You just a hundred percent assured that the impossible can become the possible. With this gift of faith, there is absolutely nothing that can change your ability to believe. Again, this, this, this gift of faith is momentary, okay? And so, it, 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 you know, the manifestation of this gift of faith can either make you um, extremely bold, okay? Or actually extremely passive, and can give you great rest and great peace, even in the middle of a very difficult situation. A great example of this is the story of Daniel in the den of lions. Remember, they threw Daniel into a den full of hungry lions? Well, man, this, this gift of faith, this gift of special faith was in full manifestation there. Because the Bible says that Daniel, man, Daniel made the lion his pillow. And he slept all night. Okay? All night, he slept in a den full of hungry lions. Now, again, this mo gift is momentary. So I, I love reading scriptures and I love, you know, uh, seeing the scenes and painting them out in my mind. And I'd like to believe that when he finally was let out of that den, you know, all of a sudden he, he, he thought to himself, what in this world? How in the world did I manage to sleep in a den full of hungry lions? Man, this must have been God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And so now this gift of faith is always works in conjunction with the working of miracles and then to a lesser extent, um, the gifts of healings, okay, or gifts of healing, okay? And this gift is always predominantly the gift that is involved in raising people from the dead, okay? And we see a manifestation, an example of this, of this gift when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Next gift we're going to look at is the gifts of healing, right? Gifts of healing, now, this, these gifts are usually associated or work with a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or even the special faith that we just spoke about, right? And what gifts of healing is, it's a supernatural power to deliver the sick and destroy the works of the enemy in the human body without natural means from any source. Now, I want you to notice something because there's something really peculiar about this gifts. It says gifts. Okay? It's in plural form. And I believe the reason why it's plural is because really there's no one gift of healing. I believe there are gifts of healing to cover the different sicknesses, the different ailments, the different diseases that exist. And, and, and here, some of you may have seen these, things, these gifts in operation in your lives. You know, when you pray for people, and you see, you know, perhaps you have more success when it comes to praying, you know, for a certain type of sickness or a certain type of disease. I know one of our elders, Dillian um, Boyson, you know, she shared with me a few years ago, like every time she prays for someone with infertility, man, she just sees that infertility go, right? This is a gift of healing, you know, that, that, that you know, is in manifestation in her life. 
we also see uh, 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 this gift of healing or gifts of healing and operation in Jesus' ministry. And one case in point is with the lepers in, in, in the book of Luke 17, where he says to the lepers, he says, go and show yourselves to the priests. And on the way, as they were showing themselves to the priests, they were supernaturally healed of leprosy. You know, we also see this um, manifestation in what my, my kids call the spit story, right? When Jesus put, um, you know, picked up some mud, there was a blind man that came to Jesus. He picked up some mud, he spit on the mud, spit. They're so fascinated by that spit. But anyway, the spit story says he spit on the mud. He put the mud on the blind man's eye. And then he told the man, go and wash in the, in, the, in the pool of Siloam. And when the man washed in the pool of Siloam, man, he was supernaturally healed of blindness. Amen? Amen? Just a, a personal example I want to share quickly. I know time is flying. Is this, this um, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, I think it was in July, we were on Faith, on Faith TV. And um, it was two hours of just awesome, awesome ministry. And as we were praying, um, in, you know, as part of the broadcast, you know, God gave me a, a vision of a heart. It was, a, it was just a heart, right? And I knew in that moment that there, there, was, there was a gift of healing, you know, that, that God really wanted to release. And so, and so I said, uh, you know, I said, someone right now has a problem with their heart. And then I said, right now, God is healing that heart. It's like uh, a, a problem with a, valve, uh, with a heart, but he's healing it right now. Receive your healing. And I was so blessed, church, because a few weeks later, someone in this church came to me and they said, at that moment, they were having heart palpitations. And at that moment that this word, and it was actually a word of knowledge, okay, combined with the gifts of healing, at that moment when they heard that word, they just knew that they knew that they knew that it was for them. And because they knew that they knew that it was for them, they were able to receive their healing and those health palpitations seized. Amen. So that's the gift of healing. There's also the working of miracles. I'm almost there. Um, this is also called the working of acts of power. Now, what is working of acts of power? I really like how Rick Renner describes this. Um, and I'm just going to read it to you verbatim, right? He says, the working of miracles is just energizing of terrific powers beyond human ability to perform that overrides the laws of nature and does in the blink of an eye what normally would take months and months or even years to do or possibly could never take place, okay? And, 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 and it's also described as the power that overrides the law of nature, and it's often instantaneous, okay? We see some examples, some miraculous and powerful examples in the Bible, especially in the life of Jesus. The first miracle we see Jesus ever performed was he turned water into wine. Man, can you turn water into wine? I know I can't. That was a working of miracles, okay? We also see Jesus um, walking on water, Man, that, that's an impossible feat, okay? That was the working of miracles. Because I mean, do you know what really happened there? The atoms of this water solidified under his feet. And he was able to walk on water as if he was walking on the ground. Man, that's an overriding of the laws of nature. That's the working of miracles, okay? We also see it when Jesus multiplied the fish and the bread, <laughs> okay? That's impossible. Again, it's a working of miracles. Another example in my life, actually. The first time that I ever saw the working of miracles, right? The first time that I ever saw it outside of reading it in the Bible and just hearing people talk about it, okay, was quite many years ago, Pastor Elby. I don't know why I'm talking about Kingdom Light today. Kingdom Light Church, we love you. King, uh, Pastor Elby is Pastor Dave's husband, a uh, wife, sorry, wife. Wife, sorry, sorry about that, Pastor Elby, we love you. And, and, she, um, and a man specifically came after for prayer, right? And, and, and I was standing next to her. And then she makes him sit down, tell, share his story, right? And he begins to tell us that, you know, his, he, he can't walk properly, his back is sore, whatever. And then she asks him to stretch out his legs, right? And as he stretches out his legs, it's evident that one leg is shorter than the other. It's like evident, you can't miss it. And that's probably why the guy's limping. That's probably why his back is hurt, right? And so, man, she begins to pray over him. Guys, church, the leg grew, okay? The short leg grew to the extent that it lined up with the longer leg. Man, it, it did something to my soul watching that miracle live. It just did something to my Noah, knowing that, man, God is real. God is powerful. And, of course, it did something for this man. Man, that guy got up. That guy got up praising and shouting for joy. And that man's life was never the same again. 
Amen. That's the working of miracles. Amen. Then let's go into the vocal gifts. These gifts say something. And I like to say, and how God taught me is this is God's mouth. Okay. The first vocal gift that we're going to look at is really the gift of prophecy. And our prophecy is so simple, and I think we've really made it complicated. Prophecy simply is an inspired word from God in a known tongue, okay? The Greek word translated prophecy also means to speak for another. And so prophecy, very simply put, without any complexities around it whatsoever, it means to speak for God under divine inspiration or really to just be God's spokesperson. Okay, simple, simple as that. And, 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 you know, when many people hear the word prophecy, they're either connected to end time events, you know, or, they, or, 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 or really the function even of, of the word of wisdom. But while, while prophecy, you know, can contain revelations such as a word of wisdom or such as a word of knowledge, the real function of true biblical prosperity is found in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. Let's read it in the New King James Version. That's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. And we're going to read it in the New King James Version. Okay, and so it says, but he who first Corinthians 14 uh, verse 3 in the New King James, it says, but he who prophesies, it says he speaks what? Edification. Someone say edification. And it says, and exhortation. Someone say exhortation. And comfort. Someone say comfort. Amen. And so let's look at these words, because they're not always words we use every day, right? What, what is edification, right? Well, the, the, I love the Amplified Bible so much, because that wordy Bible sometimes really amplifies the true meaning of words, okay? And so if we look, to look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, in the original Amplified version of the Bible, it says, one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church, And then the amplifiers begins to describe what edifies means or edification means. It says to promote growth in spiritual wisdom. It says edification is to promote growth in devotion, in holiness, and in joy. And so when we are prophesying, and again, guys, we can all prophesy. If we are born again, spirit-filled believers, we have the ability to prophesy. So when we're prophesying, what we're doing is we're speaking and we're encouraging people to grow in spiritual wisdom. We're encouraging them to grow in their devotion of God, to grow in joy and just happiness in their lives. You know, another definition of the word edify is to build up, okay? To build up, not to tear down, okay? And the third and final definition of edification is actually interesting. It's to confirm, Okay, And so if God has already been saying something to you and someone prophesies over you and it confirms what God has been saying to you, man, this is going to bless you. This is going to encourage you. Amen. And so we also learned that the true biblical function, the true function of true biblical prosperity, uh, prophecy is not only to edify, but it's also to exhort, exhortation. What's exhortation? What well, we learned last week, actually, when we looked at the seven grace gifts, is that to exhort is to completely encourage, okay? And when we're exhorting people, we're completely encouraging them to take action, right? We're completely encouraging them to move forward specifically in God and the things of God. And when we're exhorting people, man, what we're doing is we're bringing people nearer to God, amen? And then the last word is comfort. That word comfort simply means to console. And I love that word console or comfort because really what it brings is it brings an element of peace in dealing with current or past failures, disappointments, or troubles. Man, power, prophecy is powerful. Um, and again, the caveat is not everyone who prophesies over you is a, is a prophet. And I know Pastor T is going to stand up and share a few words around these vocal gifts um, today. And next week, he's also going to share about the office of a prophet. Let's move on quickly to the diverse kinds of tongues. And this just means different types of tongues, right? Now, this, this, this is different, church from the prayer language, the personal prayer language um, that you receive when you're, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? Because this prayer language, we know in 1 Corinthians 14, um, I believe it's verse 2, it says, when we're praying in our personal prayer language, we're praying to God. We're not praying to man, right? We're not speaking to man. This specific gift of the Holy Spirit, diverse types of tongues, is for public address, okay? It's a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. It's unknown to the speaker, okay? But why this is a powerful gift is because ultimately this gift will benefit people, okay? Now, because it's, it's for public address, 
you know, in order to, to bring some profit or benefit, right, in order to actually edify people. Because really, guys, you know, like if, imagine if you're an unbeliever and you came to Spirit-filled church for the first time and you just heard people, people, people you know, speaking in tongues, prophesying in this diverse, diverse kind of tongues. I mean, you, you wouldn't even understand what they're talking about. Okay? And it, I don't, it wouldn't edify you and encourage you in any way, right? And so what typically and what the Bible encourages, specifically in 1 Corinthians 14, is that this tongue must be interpreted. Okay? And so we move on to the second and last, actually the third and last vocal gift, and the last uh, gift that I want to share with you this, this, this morning. And that's the interpretation of the tongues. Okay? And this is a supernatural interpretation of what has been said in tongues. And I, I just want to uh, reveal to you that this is not a, it's not a word-for-word translation. Okay? Because sometimes the length of the a tongue may be different to the, to the length of the interpretation. Okay? This is a um, supernatural interpretation. Amen. And then just in closing, I want to leave you before Pastor T comes up. I want to leave you really with 1 Corinthians 12 verse 31. And this is actually where I want to end. Um, Paul concludes this whole scripture. He concludes this whole passage of scripture. And he says these words. He says, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And then he says, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Man, I love that word covet in this context because that word covet means to fervently boil over with desire. And so, you know, for many years I used to think, why would, you know, if, if Paul is saying to us to covet best gifts, does it mean that there are some gifts that are better than other gifts? Does it mean that there are some gifts that are, that are inferior to other gifts? And, and really it took the Holy Spirit revealing this to me. He revealed to me that ultimately the nine manifestations or the nine gifts of the Spirit they are really um, there to meet as, as solutions and as answers to meet the needs and the challenges that people have, okay? And so really with that context in mind, when you really begin to understand that, you begin to understand that, man, different needs call for different gifts, okay? And so when Apostle Paul is saying we must covet the best gifts, all he's saying is that we must covet the best gifts to meet the need for the situation that is in front of us. You know, if, if someone at work was sick and they came to you and they were sick, the, the best gift in that moment is a gift of healing. In fact, the gift of healing is a much better gift at that moment than, say, a, a gift of, 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 of prophecy, okay? If, if your cousin from overseas called you and they said, you know, I'm about to file for bankruptcy. In that moment, they don't need a gift of healing. In that moment, they need a, a word of wisdom. Then the, they need a word of knowledge. And so Paul is saying here, yeah, we need to be coveting the best gifts to meet the needs of the people that we are ministering to. And then he ends in the most profound way. He says, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And he goes into chapter 13. Chapter 13, we know, is the big, wonderful love chapter. And so the more excellent way is love. The more excellent way of manifesting the gifts of the Spirit and walking and operating in the gifts of Spirit is when we're walking in love. Walking in love, number one, of a revelation of how so very much God loves each and every single one of us. And number two, out of an overflow of that revelation of God's love for us, man, we can begin to love others. And so Apostle Paul is saying, covet the best gift for the needs of the situation. Apostle Paul is saying, and yet I show you the more excellent way, man. And that way is operating and manifesting this gift motivated. I love. Amen. Amen. Pastor T. Praise God. Why don't you stand on your feet? We're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Man, such an awesome, awesome teaching uh, on the nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Someone say this after me. I have the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. Shout, He is the ultimate gift. Therefore, Holy Spirit, my heart is open. Manifest these gifts as you will in jesus name amen and so what you possess is not the actual gift what you have is the ultimate gift the gift of the holy spirit and as you go out man covet to manifest the best gifts amen and as you do that man i'm telling you the body will be edified and uh, beyond that man develop some love uh, for the people uh, that you uh, uh, believe God is calling you to minister to them so that you can use these gifts uh, right. Can I get an amen? And so I want to encourage those of you uh, who are going to be functioning in the gift of prophecy. Uh, there is uh, uh, three uh, uh, 
red flags that we always put out when we talk about the gifts because i know you're going to be fired up when you leave this place uh but if you go to this i call them uh, uh dummy prophetic instructions 101 it doesn't matter which prophetic school you go to uh they're going to money they're going to tell you uh not to prophesy these three things the first one is relationships you see it got quiet in the church don't someone say pastor say don't you know, the, you know, we're not a legalistic church, but I'm going to give you some laws. Don't prophesy relationship. Hallelujah. Don't turn into a spiritual tinder. Uh, I went to, I've, I've been in a Pentecostal church for long enough. I've been doing this 19 years this year. I've, people have come to me with words saying, brother, we, 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 we believe. God wants you to marry sister so I'm not even attracted to sister so and so just let go let people go with their feelings not with your spiritual insight number two someone say don't don't prophesy what people should do with their money police I'm begging you beseech you I beseech you brethren don't tell people to sell their houses and give money to something. Sell their cars or whatever. It's out of your realm of, you know, just pray for people. We should start there. If you sense you have a word around, pray for people. Number three, don't. Someone say don't. <laughs> don't prophesy people's children. What they're going to have, the sex of the child. and in, in fact, if someone is believing God for a child, you know, the best gift that you should covet is a gift of miracles and faith so that they can have a baby. And prophesying sex is always going to, you know, be turned into a manipulative game. And, and it, you know, the three things that I've just told you, uh, I call them landmines. If you don't believe me, go ahead and do it. You're going to come back to me crying. And uh, people are going to be avoiding you. When you walk in, they go, that prophet, I'm, I'm, let me talk. Let me talk to you. Oh, there go that. Oh, man, I don't want to hear from it. So three areas. Don't talk about relationships and the prophetic word. Don't prophesy people's money. You know, the Holy Spirit will talk to them, prophesy. Uh, what else did I say? You know, children. It's a sensitive area. It will, it's a landmine. It will, in fact, when people are immature, those are the three areas they start. And they always get burnt. <laughs> you know? And they come to me, Pastor, I don't understand. I was just trying to hook him up. You know, just chill out. <laughs> Don't get into trouble. Amen. Well, I'm going to call Pastor Z to come back up and pray. And she's going to, you know, pray that the Holy Spirit will activate this gift yeah. in your heart. And that uh, we will, uh, you will see all nine. Man, my prayer is that Amen. you see all nine in this Amen. life. Amen. In your life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Well, really, um, you know, the, the first condition, you know, to really be experiencing and manifesting the gifts of the Holy Spirit is you have to be born again. And so really, I, I, I'm putting out a call, if you're watching online, I'm putting out a call, if you're here, you know, if you have not made that decision, that you, you know, to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior, if, you, if, you, if you're standing here today and you just don't know about your eternity, you know, I, I just want to ask you to, to raise your hand and, and we're going we're gonna to pray together with you um, um, so that you can, you can make Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. So I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. You know, really, if you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you know, if you are saying, man, I just, I just want to experience this. I want to experience the kingdom. You know, I'm going to encourage you. If it's you, put up your hand because we just want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. And, and we're going to pray, and my sister, I'm going to ask if you can just pray these words after me. Father God, Father God, I just thank you, just thank that, you, you are faithful, that you are faithful and you are good. And, you are good. and so, Father, today, and so, Father, today I, confess I, my mouth, I confess with my I mouth, and I believe in my heart that Jesus died for my sins, that Jesus died and for on my the sins. third day he rose again. And on the third day he rose again. And right now, and right now he, is seated he is seated at the right hand of the Father. At the right hand of the Father. Far above all principalities far and power. And so today I declare. And so today I declare that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is Lord. I declare. I declare that Jesus is my Lord. 
that Jesus is my Lord. Father, I thank you Father, I thank that, today you that today I am saved. I am saved today. today. I am born again. I am born in again. Jesus name in we pray. Jesus name and we, we say pray. amen. Come amen. on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the next. Okay. Now, in the second qualifications, if we want to manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives, is we must be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Right now, most of us are familiar with the baptism, water baptism, but that there's a second baptism, and that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit being baptized with the Holy Spirit and power, amen. And so, if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to I want to ask you know, put up your hand because it's such a simple process, right? But you need the power of the Holy Spirit, you need the power, the fuel to be able to walk in these gifts, man. People are people are waiting for you to flow in these gifts. People are waiting for answers through you. And so if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you know, the Bible says in Luke and in, in the book of Luke, you know, it says, if if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? And so all we need to do is just ask. It's not a complicated process. It's so simple. But when we just ask, we open up our hearts and we say, Lord, we want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We want the manifestation of these gifts. You know, we're going to receive. We're going to receive. Amen. And so again, if if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, I'm, I'm appealing to you. You know, today is the day. You know, today is the day that you begin to walk in that power. You know, that power that you've seen in the Bible, today is the day, you know, that it begins to get released in your lives. Amen. And so if you want to be baptized this morning, you know, we're going to pray for, with you. It's a simple prayer. It's really simple. And I'm going to ask you to put up your hand. Okay. So it's really so simple. Okay. The, the, the scriptures say we just need to ask and the Holy Spirit will be given to us. Okay. Some of you this morning, you're going to feel a little bit of a tingling, but it's okay. And that's uh, you're going to be receiving the most precious, perfect gift after Jesus. Man, He's going to empower you. The Holy Spirit's going to be your best friend. He's, oh man, your best days are ahead of you. Okay? Your best days are ahead of you. Increase. You are stepping into a season of increase. Man, it's all over you. All over you. And the Holy Spirit's going to show you. It's going to show you. Man, he's going to take your business to the next level. He's going to show you. Amen. Amen. Okay. So let's pray. Have we got someone there? Okay, good. Amen. Amen. So I w- let's all say this together, right? Um, Father. Father. We thank you. We thank you. Man, that you're so good. That you're so and good. And that you're so loving. And that you're so loving. And that you want us to walk in power. That you want us to walk in power. And you want this power to be demonstrated to the world. And so, Father, this morning, we're asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Father, fill us with the Holy Spirit this morning. Fill us to overflowing this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And from today, today, I I will speak speak in in new tongues. tongues. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you, Father. You've just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to ask the believers, we don't have much time, but, you know, you're going to help the the, the believers who've just been baptized to really start praying um, in in, in their new prayer language. Man, it's so exciting. Come on, why don't we give God a big shout of praise? Man, this is so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we just want to thank you for today. Lord, we just want to thank you for the manifestation of the Spirit in our lives. Father, we thank you that these believers here and those that are watching online, not a single one will go in life from today without a manifestation or manifestations of these gifts. Father, we thank you that as we covered the best gifts, the best gifts 
for the needs around us will flow supernaturally, will flow in our businesses, will flow in our careers, will flow in our homes, will flow in our lives. Father, we thank you for your empowerment. We thank you, Father, for power. We thank you that today marks the start of a brand new season, of a brand new life, of a life of boldness, of a life of confidence, of a life of power. Father, we thank you that these here, your children, man, they are people of love. And because they are people of love, they are a people of faith and they are a people of power. Father, we thank you for doing it. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. And we all say amen. Come on, let's Hallelujah. give God praise. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Praise Father. the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Wasn't that good? Praise God. Man, I'm telling you, these gifts are available for you, and it's time for letting them out so we can change the world. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Well, it's just awesome. Amen. Everybody else, we love you. God bless you. Remember these words, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you. Bye-bye. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.